Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall, and if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? Fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball, not draw and hand check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit. The guy's got moxie, and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. They gonna me for my ambition. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. Here's your host, Simo Buck. They gonna me for my ambition. Welcome on into a Wednesday hump day, hump day edition of the Hooper's Log. It is your episode three of this long and jaunting season. It's going to be one heck of a season this year. And again, we're only in day eight. Again, we are on a Wednesday, November 4th, 2015 edition here on the Hooper's Log. Only seven games last night in the NBA on a Tuesday Going up on Tuesday on uh, November 3rd, 2015 from last night. We'll break those down in just a moment. Andrew Norris was at a hockey game last night. Andrew, what's up, man? Hey, man. How are you? Um, yeah, crazy, crazy night of basketball from a stat perspective last night. So it's going to be fun to get into. It was yeah. From a stat perspective, it was fun. From a from an overall entertainment perspective, it was a rather low key night. Uh, obviously, some 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 unexpected things happened obviously as we'll get to in a moment obviously Andre Drummond went off we'll get into his stat line in a second three white four worthy performances last night Andrew you ready to get it going let's do it let's do it obviously you're inside the Hoopers log with Simo Buckets and Andrew Norris let's get it going all right all right all right we're gonna learn today again seven games in the NBA last night I went three and four in my picks, but the most the the key one that I got right was my lock of the week, which was Orlando. Again, yes, Orlando getting it done last night in a one hundred three to ninety four victory over the New Orleans Pelicans. Again, the New Orleans Pelicans are now zero and four, only one of three, one of one of four teams in the NBA to be winless. Um, again, it's early and understanding so that th- this this Magic's team, and I saw a stat last night. I believe they were, they, there was a stat saying that they were only nine points away prior to this win last night to being 3-0. and So this is a very, very, very good Magic's team. Evan Fournier last night with the game of the night, 30, or the game of the night in this one, or the performance of the night in this game, 30 points, five rebounds, four assists. Anthony Davis again showing his woes from the field, only making, I believe he went like, he only shot like 10, 15% from the field. He did not do well at all. 14 points, nine rebounds, one assist. That's kind of what happens when you have a guy who hit his ceiling in Nikola Vucevic playing a guy who hasn't even touched his ceiling yet with only nine guys suiting up. 
and Anthony Davis. Uh, this this was a this was a barn burner from multiple perspectives. The Magic destroyed the Pelicans, one hundred three to ninety four. I know Andrew was away, but I watched this one a little bit, and it, it really did look like the Magic just were outmatching the Pelicans. I think if the Pelicans came into this one fully healthy, it would have been a different story and maybe an even better ball game. Probably one of the better games to watch during the night. But just considering the way Evan Fournier came out and played. It was really the Magic's night from the get-go. No whiteboard-worthy performances in that one, but I just wanted to mention that one real quick because I got that one right in my picks. The, the surprising game of the night, which I don't think anyone saw coming, the Charlotte Hornets just laying the wood to the Chicago Bulls. Now 1-3, they, they got a victory at home, 130-105. to 105. At one point, this was a 40-point lead for the Hornets. I, I swear it was just straight dominance from this team, from the jump, I mean, 37 to 20 at the end of the first quarter. They almost scored 40 in the first quarter on a just barely missed three-pointer by the Hornets. They were just shooting the lights out. Jimmy Butler came out and played pretty well, 26 points, a rebound, and an assist. But everyone else played horrible. Derrick Rose played terrible last night. He only had four points, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and then you also had Derrick Rose's plus-minus was minus 16, five assists. And the thing was, was the Bulls didn't necessarily play, like, sloppy basketball. They just couldn't make their shots. Derrick Rose, 2 of 8. Nikola Meritich, 2 of 11. Paul Gasol, eh, 6 of 11 is not bad. But still, uh, Tony Snell didn't make a basket. Jimmy Butler made 20 of 16, but the bench was terrible. I mean, everyone was, was, was kind of contributing, but – from the standpoint of not putting in production, it was a mess for the Chicago Bulls from the get-go. And the, and the Charlotte Hornets just came out and played a great game. I mean, they had eight guys, seven guys in double figures last night. Uh, obviously, Kemba Walker holding his own 13 points, five assists, probably the performance of the night in that game. And just, you know, just overall, just a game where it, it, it kind of shocked you. I mean, I know they have the talent. Jeremy Lin had 15 points. Jeremy Lamb, who really was, I think, the X factor in this one with 20 points. Uh, Spencer Hawes had 13. When you have Spencer Hawes getting 13 and 3, 13 points and a couple of rebounds on 20 minutes of play, you're really doing something as a team. As the starting lineup uh, had four guys in, in double figures. Al Jefferson went 14 and 3 as well. Uh, Kimball Walker 13 and PJ Harrison with 10. This was a total team effort and a total team domination from the Charlotte Hornets last night. And I was watching this game and I had to turn it off. I was shocked just at how bad the Chicago Bulls were playing. You had to have a guy and Aaron Brooks come in and actually play for Derrick Rose because Derrick Rose played that poorly. Andrew, have you seen anything from this game since last night or have you just kind of been hanging out? Yeah, I. Uh... <laughs> You know, I took a look at, at everything last night and really looked into it. Um, as I said on the show yesterday, I was really relying on the Bulls to make me some money. Um, that didn't yeah. work out well at all. Uh, this game, 25-point game, but from everything you see, it was way worse than that. Like you said, 40-point lead at one point. Uh, Jimmy Butler played a fantastic game at least on the offensive end. He's, you know, he only had one rebound, which is not acceptable for for a 6'6 guy playing 32 minutes. But, I mean, like you said, Derrick Rose, 2 for 8, 0 for 3. From, he, he was minus 16 in 24 minutes. Uh, and, and the Hornets were just so balanced. There was the four out of their five starting lineup had an assist. And then Jeremy Lamb off the bench had three. Kaminsky had three. 
Spencer Hawes had two, Jeremy Lin had four, and Zeller had one. I mean, it was just the ball was moving, the ball was flowing. It looked like a Spurs team, you know, for it, yeah. when Tony Parker's healthy. It was it was scary to watch. Do I think this team could go out and repeat anything close to this performance? No, I think it was just one of those nights where they came out and played some of the best ball they'll play all season, if not the best ball they'll play all season. But, uh, you know, the Bulls looked bad. The Bulls looked disinterested, and, you know, they fell to three and two because of it. And we're getting to that point in time of the season where, again, it's only the beginning, but we're getting to that point in time where we're going to start noticing off nights from guys. And you're going to start seeing games where guys come in that maybe not disinterested, but definitely starting to maybe show a little bit of wear. Everyone is super excited at the beginning of the season to get going, and maybe everyone's kind of exuding a little bit more energy than they originally planned. And so coming into a game like this on the road, you know, after a pretty good start at 3-1, and one, uh, maybe not disinterested would be the word. I mean, I could see definitely some guys looking that way, but from the standpoint of maybe just a little bit of emotional uh, exhaustion from the first week of the season being excited to get back going, now you're kind of going to see some games from time to time where guys are just going to have off nights. And when you have a combination of outside of Jimmy Butler and Pau Gasol in the starting rotation of Nikola Miritich, Tony Snell, and Derrick Rose, when you have a combination of nine points between the three, that's... Yeah, that's terrible. That's just absolutely god-awful. You can't have nine points between two, three guys on the starting lineup where when the bench, you know, there were there were, there were were three guys off the bench, Bobby Portis, Doug McDermott, and uh, and a guy in Aaron Brooks who had, who had double-digit uh, point production. But outside of that, I mean, you can't have these guys coming in like Derrick Rose and Nikola Meritich only scoring nine points and then Tony Snell not giving anything, any kind of production anywhere. It's just it's just not going to happen, and it's not going to work. Um, you know, the other thing I wanted to mention for this game uh, is the fact that the, the Charlotte Hornets, and I mentioned this in the preseason uh, when we were doing our preview show, this is a team that, again, I agree with you. I think this is a mirage from the standpoint of this isn't going to be the regular norm for this team. They're not going to score 130 points uh, per game. They're not going to have seven guys in double-digit figures. That's not going to be the case. Um, they're not going to have guys coming off the bench scoring 20 or 15. That's not going to happen on a normal basis, but what you can expect from this team is to improve. And a game like tonight can be a game where they can look back on and be like, look, you know, obviously we were hot, but what did we do right to give ourselves a chance to win? And they, they, they balanced the floor. Like you said, they were a balanced team last night. And that's the thing with this team. They have the talent where if they play balanced brand of basketball, they have a bunch of guys that can play they can play starting roles in the NBA. I mean, Frank Kaminsky, he was all right last night. Again, nothing special. He's still, I think he's still kind of growing into his NBA body. Spencer Haas can play in the NBA at a relatively uh, a, a normal clip or a, or a efficient clip. Jeremy Lamb has proven when he was in Oklahoma City, he could be a force off the bench. Jeremy Lin, as we've known, has his uh, time to shine in the past. P.J. Harrison, Kimball Walker, obviously two guys that can start in the NBA. Al Jefferson, a guy who's – uh, consistently been notorious to be missing all-star games. And then Nicholas Batum, a guy who in Portland proven himself. You got guys on this team where if they come out and play their best basketball, yeah, they're a really, really tough team to play. Now, I think, again, they, they caught the Bulls on an off night. It was a home game for them. I think that they got, I wouldn't say lucky, but they definitely got a little break going their way. And they got a pretty big win again, 130-105 to 105 over the Bulls, one of the shockers of the night. The game that obviously Andrew was watching last night and it had one of the bigger performances we're probably going to see all year and a guy in Andre Drummond. The Indiana Pacers beat the Detroit Pistons. I told you so! 
I just wanted to say I told you so. You mentioned yeah, that, yeah. Oh, Chris Chris had the Pacers all, you know, had them all hyped up, and now they're 0-3. Blah, 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 blah. Now the Pacers are 1-3. and Paul George had a pretty good stat line last night. He wasn't amazing, but he did a pretty good job of getting this team the victory. Again, the Pacers winning 94-82, to and the biggest performance of the night, obviously, Andre Drummond with 25 points and the eye-popping 29 rebounds. Three steals. This guy had a 57 on the whiteboard performance. Clearly, even if he had no points, 29 rebounds is ridiculous in the NBA. I don't really care who you are. 29 rebounds is outstanding. Paul George, obviously for the winning Pacers, had 16 points, nine rebounds, six assists, and a couple steals. Guy had a plus one on the on the team, considering the amount of amount of minutes he played, 38 minutes. That's pretty good. He only had four turnovers in 38 minutes. That's efficient basketball at its finest. Obviously, his shooting percentage still isn't there, shooting 5 of 17, but he helped this team get the victory to, uh, last night. And uh, outside of Andre Drummond, really, the the Pistons played really just uh, all five guys. They they really did not have a bench last night. The bench played awful. The bench shot a combined, what is it, okay, 8, uh, 10. They shot 1 of 11 last night one of 12 last night from the field that benched it. That's not going to get it done. That's really the woes of what happened to the Pistons last night. They're three and one. They're still doing fine. They're not, there's nothing to, there's nothing to be concerned with with the Pistons. But when you have every single player in your starting lineup, having to score double digits to just keep you in it and, and literally Andre Drummond grabbing every single rebound. I mean, they had 50 rebounds last night. Andre Drummond grabbed, about 60, 60% of those. <laughs> I mean, you're not, you're, you can't have one guy grabbing all the rebounds to save you. I mean, again, unbelievable performance by Andre Drummond, but other guys needed to step up. Contavious Caldwell, Pulp had a sick dunk. But outside of that, I mean, Reggie Jackson, he had a good game. I mean, 20.6 assists, that's nothing to sniff at. But Ersan Ilyasova, nothing special. Marcus Moore, I mean, again, it, it was just more of a starting rotation setup, whereas the Pacers played more of a uh, more of a uh, balanced brand of basketball. Rodney Stuckey showing his potentially sixth man of the year award, 23 points off the bench in 26 minutes. That's going to get it done no matter what team you're playing in the NBA. What did you think from this game, Andrew? Well, uh, you were talking about efficient basketball with Paul George. If you go down to George Hill, who's you know dominate, who really dominates the ball, being that he's a point guard, he played 36 minutes. Went for twelve six six four and one, no turnovers. Uh, you yeah, know, he had a plus seven plus minus. But if, this is one of the worst stats I've ever heard in my whole life. Uh, you hate the contract that Aaron Bands got. I liked it, but if you look, he played five minutes last night. He had a plus minus of minus twenty points in <laughs> five minutes. That is that's four points a minute. Uh, you know. Quarters one, three, and four, the the Pistons, you know, outplayed the Pacers. But the first five minutes of the second quarter, Pacers went on a 20-0 to run. It, it, was, yeah. it was absurd. And, you know, I wasn't even watching it live. I was watching it on my phone because I was in uh, Joe Louis Arena watching the Red Wings beat the Lightning. Um, but it was just absurd. But Andre Drummond, I mean, I threw out a bold prediction of that he's going to average 20 and 14 this year. He's making me look stupid because he's averaging 20 and 20. This guy's averaging 20.3 yeah. points, 19.5 rebounds, 1.75 blocks, and 1.75 steals. This guy 
yeah. behind Steph Curry, and Steph Curry only maybe Russell Westbrook has been the MVP, and of course for four games, but he's been the MVP of the National Basketball League so far. Uh, not, not that that's saying too much, being that we're four games in, but three steals last night, a block. It played 43 minutes, took 17 shots, and uh, normally when Drummond gets those a lot of shots up, you also start seeing the turnovers pile up because he gets a little too quick in the post, a little too anxious. Uh, you know, four turnovers, only three fouls, so he got to play 43 minutes. You know, there was always the concern with him, how many minutes was he going to be able to play? He played 43 right. minutes and looked fine at the end of the game. He looked like he was yeah. not struggling at all. KCP threw down the hammer on Jordan Hill. Just want to throw that out there. Um, Miles yeah, Turner did. in 15 minutes went for six points, four rebounds, three blocks. You know, in, in limited time, he's looking really good, averaging eight points, four rebounds, almost two blocks. Um, you know, Rodney Stuck, he, as he always does, dominated the Pistons. He's he's been good since since he left in the four or five games. Um, you know, the the Pacers only missed one free throw all night. Uh, you know, compared to the Pistons, who whose bench was 0 for 4. You said 1 for 11 from the field, 0 for 4 from the line. It, it's just uh, the the bench performance was embarrassing to watch as a fan of this team, to see that a team could go on a 20 to 0 run when it's their backups against our backups, and our backups was supposed to be a strong point. Stanley Johnson was 0 for 5 from the field, 0 for 2 from the free throw line, put up a goose egg for points. Uh, you know, it was it was a bad game. And all that being said, you you speak of the game the way I just did, giving only facts. You would think they got blew up by 30. They lost by 12 points to a good Pacers team. <laughs> Excuse me. I am not, you know, that loss last night didn't worry me. Like you kind of said about the Bulls, it was, it was just an off night. It was it was a night where yeah. they just couldn't get it going. You know, the, the bench came in in the second quarter and couldn't get it. Andre Drummond dominated that game. You know, it was it was insane. You ever? You, I remember watching Clay Thompson's thirty-seven point quarter on GameCast. This is kind of how that felt, because you know when you were watching it, you were kind of like, "Well, are they are they messing it up? Is it not? Is, is somebody hacking the system?" Because just every time yeah. there was a rebound, it was Andre Drummond defensive rebound, on Andre Drummond offensive rebound, Andre Drummond makes layup, Andre Drummond defensive rebound. It was it was just unreal, but. It, you know, it was it had potential to be a really good game, and it got ruined by the the crap show that is the Pistons bench, or at least was the Pistons bench last night. Yeah, and and I'm looking at the I'm looking at the fourth quarter totals, and the Pacers only scored nine points, but the Pistons only scored fifteen. If you think about it, if the Pistons just came out and played well in the fourth quarter, I mean, you're probably looking at a different outcome. I mean, the Pacers really just played a good solid first three quarters of basketball obviously that second quarter was outstanding with 35 but that fourth quarter I mean both teams really just shut it down and didn't really play too well um this was this was a game where again they're big time rivals I mean people forget obviously the malice and the palace about about 11 years ago these two these two teams duked it out literally uh in that game and uh these they're still big time rivals in this division um, or in this conference, at least. So this is a big-time rivalry, and with Andre Drummond and the way this game was played, it was uh, it was definitely one sight to see. Uh, another another big-time game in the NBA last night was the Atlanta Hawks and the Miami Heat. The Atlanta Hawks getting the win 98-92. There was a whiteboard with the performance of this one. Jeff Teague, 26 points, uh, 9 assists, 6 rebounds, the epitome of what a whiteboard performance is. 50 on the scale, a complete 50. 
He got, uh, again, nine assists, six rebounds, 26 points. It's pretty much what you're going to see when it comes to what a whiteboard performance looks like. Um, and then Hassan Whiteside came close. He had an outstanding game, 23 points, 14 rebounds, and four blocks. I mean, this guy was all over the basketball court. Again, putting just the, the put-back dunk machine is what he is. Uh, every time there's a tip ball or something, he seems to grab it and seems to put it right back in. The Atlanta Hawks, again, 4-1, and one, Heat 2-2. Two and two. I thought the Heat would win this one. I was wrong. It was a good game to watch. I, I watched the end of this one. I thought it was an outstanding game. I wouldn't be shocked if these two teams met up in the postseason next year. Uh, anything on that one, Andrew? Uh, Hassan Whiteside, uh, he's a player who I have not bought into yet. Even after last night, I will not buy into. Um, something that I would, a reason I will never buy into him for. This guy has something like 15 career assists and almost like 2,000 career minutes. It's, it's yep. absurd how, how little, you know, he 11 to 12 from the field last night. Awesome. You know, he does he does so much well with those little things. Four blocks, 14 rebounds, 23 points. Right there, you're like, wow. But the little things as a, as a true purist, you know, basketball fan, the assists are something I need to see until, you know, these teams are going to make adjustments and just swarm him every time he touches the ball. He had three turnovers, yeah, no he, assists. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, yeah, he's a he, – he really is just the epitome of a guy that will just eat up the the inside of the paint. That's all he does. He doesn't he doesn't dish back out. Basically, he's a guy where he's going to grab all the slop. He's a garbage man. He he is a garbage man. He's a guy who's going to grab you the rebounds and put put back dunks and all that kind of stuff. He's not gonna he's not going to be the guy that's going to look out to facilitate anytime soon. Again, I agree with you from the standpoint of his his uh, his uh, IQ from the standpoint of trying to pass out the ball and find guys, but when it comes to his ability to eat up stuff in the paint, he is he's looking like one of the better centers in the league. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, he he definitely is. But like I said, eventually you just got to make the adjustment to swarm him because it looks like when if something like that was to happen, what is he gonna do with the ball? Because he looks right. like he has no idea how to how to get rid of it. Uh, Dwayne Wade, another twenty point game. Uh, he's averaging 21 and a half. He's got all 20 point games this season. He, I mean, he looks slow, but he looks good playing under 30 minutes. Uh, I think two out of the three games, um, Chris Bosh four for 14 from the field, but he got 14 rebounds to make up for it. You know, the, the heat didn't look too good last night. Uh, they, they looked, uh, pretty sloppy. There was two guys with four turnovers, three guys or two guys with three turnovers, then one 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 two and you know is it, it was just uh by a better team uh now the heat have more talent, but the Hawks outplayed them in just about every facet i mean the Hawks everybody besides two players had an assist in this game uh actually all of them but two had multiple assists uh you know justice Winslow looks terrible. He's averaging four points. I'm not going to judge a guy, a rookie, off his four games, but he, he just looks uncomfortable. Mario Chalmers, one for nine from the field. But but when you get to these these Hawks, Jeff Teague, is, I think, has taken over the throne of the – or I think he's won the Mike Conley Award. Um, and by that, yeah. I mean he's the most underrated – you know, he's the most known underrated player. As far as everybody knows how good he really is, but he just doesn't get the respect to somebody that's that good. Uh, he, like you said, whiteboard-worthy performance, plus 20 on the plus-minus, uh, 6 and 7 from the line, 2 and 2 from 3, 9 for 18 overall. 
he he's been having a good season, averaging twenty points, six assists, four rebounds, forty six percent from the field. You know, the Hawks look good. Uh they they of course lost to my Pistons as a lot of teams will do this year. Um, but <laughs> this looks like a team that could compete in the Eastern Conference again and at least get to that Eastern Conference finals. Um beginning of the year yeah. that that was my prediction. It was more of a you know, somebody has to make it there, then they're that good. But they really look like they could go out and win 50, 55 games again. I mean, they they look good. They look like the same team. And that's with missing Damari Carroll. Uh, so look out for the Hawks. Uh, I think I was also not high on the Heat. Had them in the bottom three seeds. I'm loving that prediction right now because I just don't think they look good. One big reason was – even when everybody was healthy last year, they didn't look good one time. They didn't look like a very good team one time. Uh, so, you know, I, I don't think the Heat are the force to be reckoned with that other people do. But look out for the Hawks um, and, you know, slow the roll on the Heat. Speaking of teams to look out for, uh, the Toronto Raptors last night, 102-891 to over the Dallas Mavericks. Again, Dallas Mavericks 2-2 two and two in the Western Conference and the Raptors are one of the lone teams left in the in the Eastern Conference. I believe the only team left in the Eastern Conference undefeated at 4-0, one of three teams in the NBA with the Clippers and the Warriors at 4-0. And, again, uh, you're talking about underrated. DeMar DeRozan, again, another fantastic night. But the guy who got the performance of the night and another whiteboard-worthy performance, third that we had here, Drummond, Jeff Teague, and Kyle Lowry. 57 on the whiteboard-worthy performance scale, 27 points, 10 assists, 5 rebounds, 3 steals, and 2 blocks. Two blocks from a point guard. That's that's getting it done in the that's getting it done on the defensive side of, of the court. And uh, again, Kyle Lowry again with an outstanding performance as the Raptors go undefeated and they just absolutely annihilated this Mavericks team from beginning to finish. I mean, thirty-one twenty-five at the end of the first. Uh, they scored eighteen in the second to keep it to keep it around to hover a little bit, and then they go into they go into the second half and they just annihilate the Mavericks. What did you see from this one, Andrew? Kyle Lowry looks awesome. He's been getting better every single year, averaging, I think, uh, 20 points, eight assists, five rebounds, three steals a game so far. Uh, He had three more last night, like you said, two blocks, getting it done on both ends of the court. Uh, The the Raptors look good, man. Damari Carroll, even with Damari Carroll going one for eight from the field, you know, they won this game by 11 points. Jonas Valchunas went for 16 and eight. Uh, You know, he – his potential, in my opinion, has been one of the most overrated things in the NBA. Uh, I think he's about what he's going to be, a plus 16 last night. You know, Kyle Lowry had a plus 25. DeMar DeRozan, 20 points off only 13 shots. He was 8-8 from the Big line. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's ever in 21 points, 4.5 assists, 4.3 rebounds, stealing a half, getting it done everywhere. Um you, and then you, the the Mavericks just looked old. They can't. They couldn't finish it out. Uh, it just didn't look like the team we're used to seeing. They uh, they really got dominated physically, and that was something that they really used to pride themselves off of. Darren Williams four for fifteen from the field, not good. He hasn't looked good in a couple years though, except for you know the end of last year when he really got something going. But this is a team that wasn't moving the ball great at all. I believe. I want to say they barely, if it wasn't for J.J. Barea, they would have had single-digit assists. Um, it was just yeah. it, it, the bench outplayed the starters, and that's against a good Toronto bench. Uh, it, it's a team that, you know, I don't think is going to come, I don't think they're going to sniff 40 wins this year. 
Uh, I think you're looking more at like 33, 35, and last night's performance just proved it even more. I mean, in the game, the score was a lot closer than the actual game was. Right. Yeah, it was It was a, it was a game where, again, uh, this was one of the better matchups in the NBA last night. There were three or four of them that you could look at and say were good matchups. This was one of the better ones, and the Raptors just came out on top. Next game, real quick, uh, the Grizzlies and the, and the Kings. I had the Kings high on this one. I, for, I, I completely goofed on thinking that DeMar, uh, DeMarcus Cousins was going to be around. Obviously, he wasn't, and it was evident as the Grizzlies got the win. Zach Randolph, 20-11. and 11. Big time performance by him. Rudy Gay had a 19-5 and three game. Um, this was a Memphis Grizzly team that obviously, like you said, came out angry. A team that wanted to come out and get a win and just dominate. Uh, in an off night in the NBA, the Kings are now one and three. Grizzlies are three and two again. You're going to see this Grizzlies team take advantage of teams that aren't very good. Again, a solid basketball team, a team that can come out and pretty much play anybody who's below their talent level. Uh, I think the Memphis Grizzlies are a team that can turn it around and be fine, and they're going to be okay this season. They just need to take advantage of teams like they did last night. What did you see from this one, Andrew? You there, Andrew? Well, I can't I don't know where Andrew's at. Maybe we have some technical difficulties. Maybe I'm the one having technical difficulties. Uh, uh, Andrew's phone obviously is disconnected. We'll have so we'll get him back on the air. But either way, the Grizzlies won last night, 103 to 89, dominating. Um, and looking at this other game, and, and speaking of speaking of the Nuggets and Lakers, talk about a guy last night who had an amazing dunk. Out with this timeout, out of this timeout with the play for Clarkson uh, off the high speed roll. Looks like you're going inside to do your thing. He'll just stand and go to the basket. Oh, the is good. Let him go one-on-one. Randall with 15 points after the dunk. Yeah, that was a big-time slam by Julius Randall. Probably one of the better dunks of the night. Obviously, the Contavious Caldwell-Pope dunk was amazing. We got Andrew back on the line. Uh, obviously, the Memphis Grizzlies won last night. We were talking about that, but we're, we're on to the Lakers and Nuggets. Um, the, the Lakers obviously just don't look good. If there was a play last night. Jordan Clarkson had 30 points, three rebounds, two assists. Welcome to the new Lakers with Jordan Clarkson. This guy, again, like I said, is one of the next best things this Lakers team has. Jordan Clarkson, again, 30 points, three rebounds, two assists. It's exactly what you want from your shooting guard, but Kenneth Fareed, he was really close to a whiteboard-worthy performance in this one. He had 28 points, 15 rebounds, and an assist, and Emmanuel Moutier had a double-double, even though he didn't shoot very well from the field. He only had three three three-pointers and a couple of free throws, but outside of that, you're talking about a team now in the Denver Nuggets where, again, two and two, it's early, it's not late in the season, but they look like a team with some growth and potential down the stretch. What did you see from this one? And if you want to mention on the Grizzlies-Kings uh, game, go ahead, Andrew. Yeah, uh, sorry about that. My my connection uh, just kind of wore out there. But Jordan Clarkson oh, looks so legit so far this year, man. Jordan Clarkson yeah. looks yep. like he could be a guy who could come in and average 20-plus points a game in the National Basketball Association, and that is no small feat. Julius Randle looks nope. good. Kenneth Breed looks like a beast last night. Um, but my biggest takeaway, or one, I have two biggest takeaways from this game. First of all, the Lakers solved Emmanuel Moutier last night, and it was as simple as just go underneath every single screen. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know the exact number he shot last night. It was something like one for ten or one for nine. But they just went went underneath everything, leave him that wide-open jump shot, and he's just not hitting it. Uh, he, he's known for not being a good shooter, not being a good free-throw shooter. 
and it was pretty evident last night. But probably my biggest takeaway, and it's the same takeaway I've had out of every Lakers game so far this year, it's why did Kobe come back for another year? I mean, he had, awesome. what, 11 points, 11 points or something like that, four of 11 from the field. He's uh, he, And my connection's still messing up, so I don't have the exact numbers here, but he – Slow getting up and down, and I mean slow. He just he's he not there. Points. And yeah, and he wants to. He wants to be there. He's trying. And I mean, before last night, he was averaging nine and a half three pointers a game on twenty two percent three point shooting. First of all, what what I I understand legacy, and I understand you're not that good. But if Byron Scott wants to put an imprint on this team. Kobe Bryant should be coming off the bench the next game the Los Angeles Lakers play. I will say it over and over until he either proves me wrong, which he probably will, or it happens. I I get legacy. I get power. But guess what? You're not building a team around him anymore. You're building a team around Jordan Clarkson. You're building a team around D'Angelo Russell. You're building a team around Julius Randle, not Kobe Bryant. This is Kobe Bryant's last year unless he wants to go join a contender and play 20 minutes a game, which we all know isn't going to happen. He's too prideful. He's too dumb to try to go get a sixth ring by joining a good team. Uh, and it's just, I mean, he was, he was dominated by Gary Harris last night. How, if I yeah. ever told you that Kobe Bryant would be dominated by Gary Harris, you would have slapped me in the face. But it right. happened, and it's going to continue to happen until this guy plays at most 25 minutes game, is allowed to take these shots without messing up the younger players. I said it I said it before, and I'll say it again. It's time. It, it was time for him to retire after last year. Now we all know it's going to be time for him to retire after this year, but it's time to put Kobe Bryant on the bench on the Los Angeles Lakers. No ifs, ands, or buts. There's no reason why he shouldn't be. He's not good enough. That 95th ranking that ESPN gave him looks generous right now. That looks like they gave him about 20 spots higher than he should have been. Well, and a guy in Irvin Magic Johnson just tweeted about a half an hour ago as we started the show, uh, Laker Nation, after the loss to Denver last night, I think we have to come to grips that it's going to be another long season. I mean, again, I agree with you. I think if Kobe Bryant didn't come back this year, I think you're looking at a different scenario. I think you're looking at a growth year, kind of like the Minnesota Timberwolves, kind of like the uh, there's another team out there that I'm thinking of. But, but you're looking at a growth year and maybe the Knicks. You're looking at a year like that where they're, they're not going to do well, but they have potential to be better. And unfortunately, they're still stuck in the past with Kobe Bryant. Like you said, it's, it's time. It's been time. It's been time for a while, and uh, it, it's, it's not looking good, and hopefully they can turn it around. We're going to preview – Tonight's game's here shortly. Um, we're just going to go to a quick break. Actually, we're not going to skip a break. We're just going to go right into it. we got about 10 minutes left in the show. There's 10 games tonight, two nationally televised games. One of those nationally televised games is Carmelo Anthony versus LeBron James, the New York Knicks against the Cleveland Cavaliers. And Carmelo leads the head-to-head regular season series 12-11. to and why it doesn't matter to him. It just doesn't matter. Carmelo doesn't doesn't matter to him how well he does. As long as he wins games, it's all he cares about. I don't think they're going to win tonight. Cleveland is favored by 10.5. I wouldn't give them that much of a cushion to win. I think they're going to win by about 8 or 9. But Cleveland's going to win tonight. Andrew, what do you think from this one? 
Yeah, I got Cleveland. I got them easy. I think that 10-point, you know, I think go either way. Um, so much of the Knicks' success this year has really been based off of Kristaps Porzingis, which, you know, so many people weren't high on him. Obviously, Carmelo is, is the number one thing, but, you know, 23 points out of Melo. Kristaps is averaging 12 points and six rebounds. He's not... He's not some guy who's just going to go out and dominate every night, even being probably skinnier than me, and I'm like a foot and a half shorter than him. He uh, he He's a guy who, who can really affect the game on both ends. He can make some momentum-changing plays, uh, which, which really could – I think the Cavs take this one easy. But, you know, it could be closer if Chris Dobson and Carmelo really play to the top of their ability. But I think the Cavs are going to come out kind of annoyed uh, you know, they, they were getting beat for most of the game by the 76ers. Uh, so I think they're going to come out kind of annoyed, dominate the first half, and the second half will be a little bit closer. But I got the Cavs winning it fairly easy. So I, I think I think the Cavs will win, too. I just don't think they'll cover that 10.5. But anyway, the point, yeah, the point, we agree, Cavs will win. Uh, another game on my docket that I'm definitely going to tune into before that Knicks Cavaliers game, Spurs and Wizards. This is going to be a good game from the perspective of Kawhi Leonard on John Wall. I am curious to see how the quickness of John Wall, because quick ain't fair, as we know. Uh, John Wall, I want to see Kawhi Leonard guard him and see how well they can do. I want to see... Uh, what this Wizards team can do against this Spurs team, who seems to be firing in all cylinders as they've won three in a row since that loss to Oklahoma City in game one. They have really looked good again, but I really want to see what the Wizards do. I think the Spurs will win this game. They're favored by five. I think they're going to win by more than that, but I think it's going to be close throughout. Uh, what do you see from this one, Andrew? Uh, you know, I think I think the Wizards are going to win. Um, I really like the way that backcourt has been playing. Uh, Everton a combined forty seven and a half points. That's Westbrook and Durant esque, you know, not quite as high, but and you know, the Spurs are probably in, in my opinion, the Spurs have been the most unimpressive three and one team so far. Uh, you know, they they haven't dominated. They've looked good, they've looked Spurs ish. I don't want to say they've looked a lot like the Spurs. But Mark Saldris still hasn't really found his footing. But I just don't expect Kawhi Leonard to go out and perform like he has. He's had a couple of days off. Uh, I believe, and you know he's uh, he's averaging over 21 points a game, which we we're just not accustomed to him doing. And for me to go out and say I think he's going to continue to do this, I'm going to need a little bit more than a four game sample size. Uh, so I think the the Wizards take it in a close one. I think maybe this one even goes overtime. I think Bradley Beal continues to look excellent with over 25 points again tonight. Uh, because, you know, the main defensive focus is going to be on John Wall. Uh, but I think the Wizards pull it out, and I think it'll be a low-scoring game. Let's go to a couple of quick hitters real quick before we get to another big matchup. Uh, Celtics and Pacers. I think the Pacers will win. They'll play in uh, Indiana. The Pace, uh, Boston's favored by two. I think the Pacers, after what they did last night, I think Paul George can hold his own, and I think he's going to bust out for a big-time performance at home. What do you got in that one, Andrew? And then we'll move on to the next one. Yeah, I got the Pacers again, especially, you know, getting two points. Uh, I think the the talent's just too much for Boston. Hawks and Nets, this is like the biggest no-brainer, I feel like, of the year, although Atlanta's, only, Atlanta's favored by eight, which is a pretty large gap considering the Nets are 0-4. They're going to be hungry to get a win. Brooke Lopez is bigger than Al Horford. He can outscore Al Horford in this one. Uh, he can play, if he plays a good game, and if the Nets can find a way to utilize him the right way in this game, they could potentially compete with this team and win. I think the Hawks will win by that eight, maybe even more. 
Um, I, I think they'll dominate, but I, I concern from the standpoint of if you're a gambling person, don't touch this one because the Nets could make this a closer, closer one than you think. What do you think about this one, Andrew? I think the Hawks are going to go out and win this game by 20-plus. Uh, <laughs> the ball movement is just going to dominate Brooklyn. And then another one, uh, the Nets, uh, uh, the seventy, excuse me, the Seventy Sixers and Bucks. Uh, this is more of a throwaway game right now. Although the Bucks are still a youthful team that could do well. Obviously, the Bucks are a better team. They're favored by nine. I think the Seventy Sixers will shock them, and I think it'll be a close game. But I still think the Bucks get the win. What do you think about this one, Andrew? Uh, I my connection's still messing up. Is this one in Milwaukee or Philadelphia? This one's in Milwaukee. Uh, Milwaukee's favored by nine. Uh, you know, I think I think Philadelphia covers the spread, but I think Milwaukee wins. Yeah, I'm in the same boat with that one. Another quick hitter, uh, the Kings and Suns. Because again, we got ten games tonight. Uh, Kings and Suns. Uh, the Suns are looking good. They're favored by nine and a half. Good lord, that is a large spread. That's another scary one that I wouldn't touch if I was a gambling man. But I think the Suns will win. I just think I think the Kings will cover the spread. What do you think about that one? They're in Phoenix. Uh, Vegas, Vegas always knows if a spread seems weird, you always go with the team it seems weird for. So I am going to take the Suns in this one. Although I don't think they'll cover that spread, I do think that they will win this game pretty handily. One of the later games, again, another quick hitter before we get to some bigger matchups, the Trailblazers and Jazz. Again, two teams kind of kind of figuring themselves out. The Jazz, obviously, will have our, our insider tomorrow. If, if you didn't know, uh, early on, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, we'll be on to talk to Tony Jones, a Utah Jazz insider. We'll talk to him about this one and some potential upcoming games. Uh, the Jazz are favored by five and a half. They'll be in Utah on this one over the dribblers. I think they'll, I think they will, I think they'll cover and I think they'll win. What do you think, Andrew? Yeah, yeah, I think the Jazz are going to dominate them down low, especially. Uh, I think Gobert could could go towards that 2020 mark we've seen out of Drummond lately. Uh, of course, i got to make a reference, but I think Gobert is going to dominate huh. this game, and Derek Favors, Derek Favors will have a pretty hefty stat line as well. Three more games before we head out of here, obviously, uh, in this one, in this, in this uh, Wednesday. Real quickly, we got to get through them because we don't have much time, but uh, the Raptors and Thunder is a big one. Oh, man, you talk about a matchup that's just, just – Kyle Lowry and Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant and DeMar DeRozan, uh, a couple of other guys, too, that are in this. It's going to be a fun game to watch. It's in Oklahoma City. Oklahoma, Oklahoma City is favored by eight and a half. That's a little big for my liking. I think Oklahoma City is going to win, but I think this is going to be a much closer game than people think. What do you think, Andrew? It's in Oklahoma City. Yeah, uh, you know, I think I think that Oklahoma City is actually going to lose this one. Uh you know, yeah. I think, and I, I don't think it's going to be anything to do with their opponent tonight. I think it's going to be uh, KD is going to be a little bit slowed down. Um, I think this is their third game in four nights, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so you know, and and Westbrook just plays so hard every night that you know I could look dumb here, but I think OKC actually ends up losing this game. Uh, KD, I think, is going to go for under 25. Westbrook's going to put up his normal stat line, but they're going to fall just short. I, I I wouldn't be shocked if that were to be the case. Obviously, eight and a half is a little is a little much, but I think the Raptors could cover that one. Magic and Rockets. Magic are coming off a back to back. This will be a back to back. The Rockets coming in off a fresh game against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Boy, you talk about a favorite. Houston's favored by eight eight points in Houston. I think they're going to win. I just think it's going to be close because the Magic have played well. What do you think, Andrew? You know, I I I, I agree with you on that. I mean, it's it's pretty simple in my mind. I I'm I'm with you on it. Yeah, I think it's pretty obvious. And then 
the matchup of the night, Clippers and Warriors. This game will be on my phone at work. I will be watching it. Two undefeated teams in the Western Conference. The, the biggest rivalry in the NBA, these two teams hate each other. And they have two guys that could potentially win MVP again this year, Steph Curry and Blake Griffin, maybe even Chris Paul you could throw in there. Obviously, DeAndre Jordan is a defensive prowess. It's going to be a fun game. What do you got in this one, Andrew? Golden State's favored by seven and a half. I'm going to just pick the under on that. I think I think Los Angeles. I think the Clippers are going to are going to beat that, but I think it's going to be a good game. Oh, I think the Clippers are going to dominate Golden State. I think Golden State is going to ride this wave they've been on and come in thinking, oh, we can't even be touched. I think Steph Curry goes for under twenty. Again, I repeat, I think Steph Curry goes for under twenty points, and I think the Clippers win by anywhere from 10 to 12 points. Wow, that's saying a lot, considering the, the plus-minus of the Clippers has been relatively off. That's our show for today. We will talk with Tony Jones tomorrow again, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. will be on tomorrow. Uh, it's going to be an earlier show, but it's going to be a good one. We'll, we'll, we'll be talking with him. We'll be recapping from the night before, and we'll be talking anything else more basketball. Again, if you want to call in, the phone number is 323-642-1558. Andrew. What's up, man? We're out of here. All right, guys. Peace. All right. Have a great day, everybody. Enjoy. It's going to be a, it's going to be a fantastic night of basketball. Have a great night. <laughs>